0: You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin, Tatiana King-Jones, and Jeff J. Our show is edited and produced by DJ Ben Amin, and For All Nerds Show is a member of the Speakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website, are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the
1: Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doo-doo. And what's up, y'all? You are listening to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. The show where we discuss deep culture from the perspective of people of color. And if you haven't figured it out already, it's your boy, <laughs> DJ Ben I mean, aka Arsenio Holiday. <laughs> a.k.a. Oliver Twisted, a.k.a. Super <laughs> Mario Burrow, AKA... Oh, what? <laughs> what? Oh a.k.a. That's right, folks. I'm, I'm going to cut it short because I'm back. I'm here in the spaceship. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. Thank you to Tatiana and Jeff for holding it down while I'm gone. But I'm back for the time being. You know, I might pull Chico Leo and vanish <laughs> once again. <laughs> But for now, I'm here, and as always, I'm joined by
0: Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Etchers of Tech, also known as Hello Kitty Pride, also known as V for Def Jam Vendetta, Aaron Bomber, Gin and Juice Urso, Flex Luthor, Lambo Calrizin, and Chance the Parappa.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's been a minute, so I didn't bring out my list, but, you know, <laughs> sitting in the third seat we have.
0: I couldn't wait to shade me. Oh, my God. <laughs> He
2: list shamed you just now. I know. It's a dirty game out here. But anyway. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff J, aka the Rum Punch Man, Jason Mimosa, the Wizard of Oscorp, Margin Booed up, the King in the North Face, Seven of Nine Nine Problems, Bradyac, Five Wax. and Roman. Can you stand the reigns? Aw. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bend in like that. <laughs> he didn't watch wrestling, so you wouldn't know who that is. Oh,
1: no, I don't know. I definitely know who Roman Reigns is. Come on, bro. Come on. The, the champion, Roman Reigns, uh, about I to mean, play the brother yeah. to The Rock in the new. He's not, he's not his brother. Bro. His I, cousin. I no, he's he's playing his brother in the new um Fast and Furious spinoff. Don't get it. Oh, a... word. Yeah, that get it right. Know. Oh, come on. The Rock is actually supposed to have like four or five brothers in the new joint, and Roman Reigns is one of them. Yeah, because why not? Yeah, I mean, why, I, mean <laughs> why I mean, straight up. I mean, right?
0: The Rock has his whole family in WWE, so why not?
1: And The Rock is playing a family man in that new joint um, fighting with my family. So, you know, it all comes around.
0: He's playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's how The Rock, The Rock is. He plays himself. When, and he plays himself when he's not playing himself and when he's playing himself.
2: Mm, mm, mm. But he doesn't play himself. Never plays- that.
0: But he never plays himself, exactly.
1: He did do that Two Fairy movie, so there has been some questionable (laughs) choices in The Rock's (laughs) past. No, true story, though. They said that uh, around that time, he, like, had this agent and manager or whatever, and they were telling him, like, lose weight, you know, get slimmer, like, don't bulk up as much. And so he did that. Yeah, no, true. He did that. You can even look at him, like, in the Two Fairy movies. He did a bunch of movies around that time where he's really slim, not so deezed out, and they all flopped. And, you know, so he fired them and was like, now nah, I'm going to do it my way. You know, got back big, did Fast and Furious and all that. And, you know, now we have this monster who does movies where he's jumping out of buildings and they still make money.
0: I've never seen The Rock skinny at any point in his life. Like the the oldest picture I know of him is when he was wearing that black uh, turtleneck and that fanny pack. Mm hmm. And that gold chain, but yep. like, I mean, I just don't, I, I, I don't think how I, I would how I would feel if I saw The Rock completely skinny.
1: No, Google like the two fairy joints and any of the movies that are in that like, you know, time frame and, mm. and look at him. He's way slimmer than he, like in the fanny pad pic, he's trying to like chunky. You no, know, like he's just, <laughs> he's, he's still, you know, diesel, but he's just slimmed down so much, like compared to how he is now. Where he's just Got a you. monster? Uh, yeah, no, he's uh, way slimmer.
2: I mean, at the same time, like, his skinny is mine. Yeah. Super <laughs>
0: yeah. Easily. So, Easily. I
2: mean, I don't
1: know. Easily. This Easily. is true. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I, this is true. Yeah. You know, I'm not pushing this Jeeps up the hill either. You know, shout outs to Brie Larson. And, um, yeah, Captain Marvel, folks, is finally dropping this week.
0: Yo, and also, a lot of the reviews dropped today. Yes. um, And there's a lot of mixed emotions out there.
1: A lot of mixed emotions out there. Now, me and Tatiana definitely got to see Captain Marvel. We were all up at the press conference, all that stuff. Jeff J., I don't think, has seen it just yet. Am I right? No. no. You're, you're 100% right. Yeah, yeah shout-outs to Disney, you know.
2: And... um. Yeah, shout out to Y'all Connect. Yeah, you know, shout out to the Connect, you know. Wait, yeah.
1: Y'all Connect. Bid, bid, Marshall, congratulations on that bachelor party. I know that was litty. And, um, yeah, I have mixed emotions on Captain Marvel.
0: I I also had mixed emotions on Captain Marvel. In fact, when it was over, I, I, I don't know if you recall, Ben. I mean, I looked at you with a confused and puzzled expression on my face. Mm-hmm. Not bad, not Amazing. Just just puzzled. And I actually dive a lot more into that in my upcoming review, which will be posted tomorrow on forallnerds.com. Tomorrow's relative, depending on where when you listen to this, but it will be up on the site.
1: Mm -hmm. And so you'll get much more into it. I can't wait to read that. I, you know, without giving any spoilers, obviously, and I've had some time to think about it now and talk about it with other people who see it. I think. Uh, shout out to my brother over at Io9, Charles Pulliam Moore, and he put it mm-hmm. best. This is Marvel. It's a Marvel origin flick, and so we've already seen this with, uh, let's say, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America: First Avenger is trying to trying to deviates from it. Doctor Strange definitely didn't. So you've seen it with like Iron Man, Thor, Doctor Strange. It really, the Iron Man, Doctor Strange, I think is the best one where a character has powers. Then they kind of lose them and have to get faith back in themselves one way or the other, and then we'll ask by the end of the foot. Right. Yeah. And so I think that might be Captain Marvel's biggest problem is that it kind of does that a little too much. I thought it was a little bit too goofy, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, I know that goofiness is what they're doing to get the next generation. Like, this is Marvel's not slick. I mean, they're very slick, and they're not stupid. So they're going, yeah. they're going you know, Brie Larson has to anchor the next 10 years. So they have to get, you know, young women, young kids of all sex, gender, you know, whatever, everybody in this joint. And so that's why it's a little too goofy for my taste. But I know wow. for them, oh, it's popping.
0: Well, towards your point, Ben, one of the points that I made to myself and also will make that when you guys read the article is that, um, I think the expectation that this movie is supposed to be everything for everybody, and it's really not, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, mm. um, it, because, like I said, I, I think it's going—it's a lot of expectation versus reality when it comes to this movie, mm-hmm. and I think it's more so because I'm still riding all high on the waves of of Infinity War, and yes, Ant Man and Wasp came on after, but I still have that thought that everything is supposed to be massive and grand, and if you guys listen to the last episode where I mentioned it that. It, it wasn't just as grand and out there as I thought it would be. It was it was a lot more down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it can work both for and against the film. So again, just just check out the full review. But but overall, like I I would still, if I had to do it on a scale of one to ten, I would give it a seven.
1: Yeah, I, I was right there, right there with the seven. I yeah. I think the ground the grounding works. I think that the relationship between Carol. And Maria Rambo is amazing. I think Monica Rambo is amazing as a little girl. I can't wait to see where they go with that. I think how they handle decree and scroll might be my favorite part of the film because it really defies expectations. And I know it's trying to irk some people off, but I really loved it. I always love, you know, the flip from the comics because I've already read right. the comics and I want to see something different in the film. So
0: it it irked me just a bit, not because of of deviation from canon, but yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure if I enjoyed that characterization, but it wasn't anything to, to make me think it was trash. So mm-hmm. just over, so over. I would say this for those who are reading all the reviews and and seeing like if you read anything that skews really heavy one way or another. I personally would take it with a grain of salt, whether it's someone who's sitting there praising the hell out of it, like it's the best thing since sliced bread, or whether somebody is trashing the fuck out of it. I, I, I really wouldn't put too much stock in that because it's, in my view, it's not really a balanced review and it's not quite telling the truth.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good joint. I want to. I, I'm really. More looking forward to seeing Brie in Infinity War and seeing Captain Marvel exactly. interact. I mean, in game and interacting with the rest of the cast. That's exactly that's when I think you know she's gonna shine. I think that's what, yeah. I, ooh, I almost did some spoilers, so yep. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of Shazam and Captain Marvel, and I, I, I heard they make it a joke in the trailer, I missed it. I well, do, we didn't
0: speak about Shazam. I know, no. I,
1: if- yeah, I just watched the trailer, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I heard that there's a joke about Captain Marvel in the trailer. I, I missed it.
0: What? A, how the hell? You, a joke about what? Well, okay, Have
1: you, you know that Shazam's original name is Captain Marvel.
0: Are you serious right now?
1: Oh, shit. I did, not, no, I did you, not know that. Wow. Okay, yeah, all right. Oh, God, that's kind of a convoluted history, but um, basically... Did you know this, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, oh. Jeff. This is like... Comic. If you read anyway, um, Shazam. Captain Marvel was the when the character was first created. He was by this company, Fawcett Comics, and DC came around and sued them because they were like, "Yo, your character is way too much like Superman." So they sued them and won, and Fawcett went out of business, and DC took all of their characters and didn't do anything with Captain Marvel as he was known at that time. For years. And what's really ill is at one point, Captain Marvel was even bigger than Superman. Like, this dude was the biggest uh, comic strip character out there back when, you know, Superman was in the newspaper and stuff. So was Captain Marvel. And he was popping. Mm. He was huge. And then, you know, went, boom, Superman, you know, they sue him when Superman blows up. They put Captain Marvel to the pasture and they do nothing with him. So years later, Marvel realizes the trademark isn't being used and they create a Captain Marvel character.
0: Oh. and so then
1: they hold on to the trademark through keeping using the characters or various people use the name whatever which is why monica had the name Captain marvel for a while etc and then dc comes back around and wants to start using shazam again and they can't so they you they have to switch his name to shazam which is because he gets his power from five gods so it's a uh, uh, is that
0: like a is that like a term analogy for like getting power from five people? Or no, it's, it's, a,
1: it's an acronym. An acronym. It's an acronym. Um, yeah, oh. I can't remember which ones they are right now offhand. Sorry, for, Zeus is one of them, obviously for the Z, and Hermes for speed. I know that, and so it's like each of them spell out Shazam basically.
0: Uh, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury.
1: Thank you, Google. All right, there we go. So yeah, that's the whole <laughs> history of Shazam, and that's why. He's called Shazam and not Captain Marvel, and allegedly mm-hmm. in the trailer they made some type of reference joke about that, but I missed it when I
0: watched the All trailer. Right. And I think depending on who you talk to, like, because there's actually different names for the S and the H. Yep. It, it, I mean, it just it, you can name a thousand different gods. And mm-hmm. The point is, um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm still on the fence about the movie Shazam. Like, I don't have any personal ties to the character, as you know. I just didn't, I didn't even realize that that history about the name. Yep. But um, I'm just like I mean it looks interesting and different and obviously they're purposely being cartoony with that big ass pumped up suit mm-hmm. which I'm not sure what to make of and again like, I'm not really one way swayed I'm just like let's just see what happens.
1: I'm I'm I, I'm not I, I don't really have a big history with the character Shazam there's a couple of comments I've read uh he did a really, there was a really dope issue of Grant Morrison's oh i can't remember which Grant Morrison was that multiplicity i think jeff do you remember that joint it was when grant morrison had like a 7 issue series and he did uh well he did a Shazam series for one of them one issue and that was really dope he has a really dope appearance on justice league unlimited where he fights superman and that was illas just so sick but mm. I'm not really sold by the trailers so far. It, it looks like it'll be, I think it'll be like Aquaman, where it'll be entertaining and enjoyable. And I think that's what DC has been lacking. I think it might fall under, on that same six or seven scale, you know, of like, yeah. okay, this is a movie. Yeah.
0: I mean, is that, a, is that a good, I mean, is that good or bad? Like, it doesn't seem to be, and I know it's early, but it doesn't seem to be making many waves.
1: It's not even it. early, yo. It drops next month. Wait, are you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not... I realized this the other day. I was like, wait, what? Like, yo.
0: I swore, to... I swore, I promise you, I thought it dropped in, like, much later. Like, no. June. May, no. June.
1: April. Next month. This is the final trailer. The one that just dropped. That's it, folks.
0: Oh, that's not going no, to do numbers. I know. I think it's
1: going to do numbers. You think so? Not Aquaman numbers, but I think it's trying to have one of those word of mouth, and I think it's trying to get kids and... I think it's trying to have that big feeling, you know. I know they're going for that with the, you know, Tom Hanks big because Shazam is a little boy who turns into this, you know, Shazam. Right. So, but is
0: is DC on the wave now? How like Star Wars is, where it can make numbers, but it's not the numbers that they expect. So it's in their eyes, is a flop.
1: No, because DC needs any type of numbers right now. So anything, yeah, anything is a hit for them right now. So no, there's some really ill stuff in the Shazam mythos, like. He has this whole family, and they're, go- they're talking about they're going to have that, where, like, uh, Shazam, Billy Batson, the kid, can give his power to other people. So he gives it to this girl, this other little boy. And so he has, like, a whole family. There's, a, there's like, this talking tiger – there's a lot of really weirdness into it. That's
0: some it. wild shit. That's some Guardians and Galaxy shit. Yeah, <laughs> for BC.
1: it's like a tiger dude. Like it's a guy with you know like a man tiger basically, and he talks mm. obviously, and he's always hungry. And there, you know it's a, it's goofy. Tony and, the Tiger. Yeah, Tony the Tiger. Yep, and he's like it's goofy, but it's really lighthearted and really it's always had that spirit. So I think I think it could be really entertaining, and I think it could work. I'm surprised. That the buzz isn't there because I think that this could be a hit for them.
0: But I mean, like, look at the trailer. Like, look at what we, we all just said about the trailer. Like, the, the trailer doesn't invoke any particular emotion in me. No. Nah. I, I, I'm kind of struggling to come up with and uh, to communicate the way I feel about it because I, I'm, it's, just, it's just not there for me. So that's why I feel, that's why I'm, you said it's probably going to do numbers anyway because it's going to, it's attractive to kids and, and I see that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm just on a fence.
1: All right, but now I know something that did bring out the emotion.
0: Oh, yes. <sighs> oh, yes.
1: <laughs> I'm really mad that it, that dropped after we recorded this week's Castle Black, I guess.
0: I know. We'll be able
1: to talk about it on next week's episode of Castle Black, but wow, the first full Game of Thrones trailer dropped. They're, 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 I'm, I'm mad I also didn't record myself watching it because I jumped up and screamed several times. My you clearly, arms flew into you, the air.
0: You clearly lost your mind on Twitter.
1: Dragons over Winterfell. Like, it, it's, that was a There's, moment for me. That was a moment.
0: I love the imagery, the true dragons. When you talking about Danny and John, like then the actual dragons behind them, the bones and the carcasses all at their feet. Like, what does it mean? Who's chasing Arya, Uh, Grey Worm and Missandei. They, you know, that, that, that very romantic kiss. Like what is going on?
1: Everything, everything great. Jeff, you know, you've not been on Castle Black yet. So, you know, how are you feeling about this?
2: Um, I don't need anything else to hype me. You know, I saw Thanks. I saw somebody say it. Stream it into my veins. Don't inject it. <laughs> Stream it into my veins. Yeah. <laughs> they how to make a trailer, man. Shout out to the home team. They know how to make a trailer. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the beginning of the end, man. It's, it's the beginning of the end. It's time. It's time. And the only thing I'm thinking of every time I see Winterfellers. Mm. Cersei is going to be washing her hair while the whole world fights the White Walkers. And she's going to come in with the money in the bank briefcase for whoever's left over. And everybody's going to be sick. But um, that fight is supposed to be the longest fight in the history of TV and cinema. cinema. They shot it for months.
0: Really? That's what
2: they say. And it's one long, continuous fight. So that's probably going to be one of those 90-minute episodes.
1: The, the, I'm with it. I don't, no, I don't even think so. Because they've said, that, well, they still haven't determined how long each episode is, really. But they said it's longer than the battle at Helm's Deep in The Lord of the Rings Part 2, which was 40 minutes total. That was, a, you know, the whole fight for Helm's Deep was 40 minutes. So it's longer it's, than 40. This uh-huh. is the Battle of Winterfell. It might take place in, like, the second or third episode.
0: And, wow, that fast?
1: Yeah, early. Six, six, six episodes. Six episodes. Only it's, six.
0: W- I thought there were eight. Wow. Yeah, six. Damn.
1: E-
2: so since it's six episodes, that means that three is the midpoint, like the midseason finale. Right. So there's going yep. to be a lot of death.
1: Yeah. And so that could happen early. And you all remember, the White Walkers are already through the wall. They're very close to where Winterfell is. And everybody else is coming to Winterfell right now. Right. So it's going to be, you know, the big battle there. And then like Jeff said, my girl Cersei just hanging down there like, all right, y'all deal with that. And then, you know, we'll see what happens after it all plays out. So I'll, I think that's how it's going to go. Like, that'll be the midseason ending. You know, we'll see how that all plays out. And then you got to deal with Cersei and right. what's happening to King's Landing.
0: And what we're also going to do is Castle Black is going to be live tweeting, either doing it ourselves or joining on with another live tweet of the, diff- of the episodes of Season 8 once it drops on April 14. Oh. Um, I-, I mean, it's right around the freaking corner. Um, and then in addition, as Ben Amin said, we recorded the episode that covers the, our recap of Season 2 of Game of Thrones. So a few things I need you guys to do. Make sure you're subscribed. That's one. Two, if you haven't done so already, listen to our season one recap of Game of Thrones from Castle Black. And then, like I said, coming this week, we'll have your season two recap.
1: Mm-hmm. Castle Black Pod on Twitter. The blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the land. Shout outs to Portia, our new member. Shout outs to Deadly Diva. Thank you. And Rest in
0: peace always. Rest always, power.
1: always, always, you know. And yeah, it's been going great. Season two review drops this week as well. Uh, right after you hear this episode, you'll probably better go check that out. So you know, we're hype, y'all. No, I'm I'm serious. I've been we've been rewatching the whole seasons for the re- recaps on Castle Black, and it's really made me appreciate how great a show Game of Thrones is. How much these characters have been through in their times on the show, and to see it all come into an end in just a few weeks. Lord, Lord of Mercy.
0: This, this is, I mean, the last time I was really effed up when it came to Game of Thrones was like red mm. wedding, anything involving the Tarleys, like, like I, I just don't know how much. Yeah, what more if the White Walkers just
1: win the Battle of Winterfell and murder everyone, <laughs> and then it's just about Cersei versus the White Walkers for the rest of
0: well, it? Well, well, considering how dumb most of Nett Stark's mm. kids is who mm. knows
1: and with that we're going to take a quick break and <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the For All Nerds show
2: hey I'm Malcolm Lee director of Night School and when I'm not directing writing and producing and editing and spending time with my kids I'm listening to For All Nerds what's up everybody this is Chuck Creekmer, aka Jigsaw from allhiphop.com and when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world of hip-hop culture, I'm watching For All Nerds.
0: Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Kelly Robbins 6, executive producer of Random Acts and Blindness, and when I'm not making white people...
2: what's going on everybody this is Asante one-third of the friend zone and when I am not smoking pot or playing shinobi striker I am listening to for all nerds
1: Back to the For All Nerds show. Thank you to everyone out there who is subscribed on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. You know, if you're listening by Carrier Pigeon, by Smoke Signal, thank you. (laughs) Hit us up on the Twitter at For All Nerds, on the Instagram at For All Nerds. The stories are popping every day. You get new content. I hate that word. I hate when people say new content, but you get it on the For All Nerds Instagram. So make sure you're subscribed because it's popping. It's dope. It's crazy. It's lovely. And facts. Facts. I mean, truth. Nothing but truth over here. Nothing but truth for, you know, the people out there. Nothing but truth and wisdom coming from the For All Nerds show. Once again, thank you to both of y'all for holding it down while I've been gone, you know, on my journeys out in all kind of interdimensions and everywhere I've been. Negative zones, you know, back again. But thank you both of y'all, man. It's, you know, thank you. Been doing a great job.
0: And you know what, Ben? I wanted to make sure I said this. Thank you and I know that this isn't easy and you're still trying to kind of balance and, and come back to the fold but we missed you and you know you're you can never be replaced so I'm really glad you're here and I'm really happy that everybody gets to hear your lovely voice again
1: Oh thank you very much but I, I actually hope I can be replaced because I don't want to do this for the rest of my life <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping, you know, that I can move up into the executive position on the For All somebody Spaceship. And you can be an else. executive. Yeah. You can be an
0: executive, but there's no one like Ben Hameen. How about that?
1: All right. That works for me. That works. All but right. there's no one like you, no one like Jeff J., you know, no one like Chico Leo, no one like all of the listeners out there, you know, because everyone out there is a unique and amazing person. Shout out to all y'all. And especially shout outs to everybody who sent in their questions for one of my favorite segments. The Guac is Extra the guac is extra. The geekly asked questions where we answer each and everything that you got. And what do we have up first?
0: The first question comes from no One Two Fifteen. They write, not sure if this has been asked before, but if the MCU decides in the next phase to add Riri Williams, who would you like to see play that role? they don't slide Shuri into the Ironheart role. If, okay, if it, they don't slide Shuri into the Ironheart role. Excuse me.
1: They're not going to slide Shuri into the they're Ironheart not. role. I don't understand why people keep thinking that Marvel would do something so blatantly foolish. And, no. and And yet, you know, and have all the goodwill they build up with Black Panther just turn to dust. Like, you know, no. They're going to have Ironheart be her, Riri Williams be her own character. Because she's a dope-ass character. And they got Eve Killing the book right now, yo! Shout out to Eve Ewing. We don't talk about it enough. I mean we talked about it, you know, the cop Ri, but she's killing it too. That's the other thing. She's killing it. Three issues in and killing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oof,
1: yeah. So, um, I mean, everybody says, uh, what's her name, Marcy? You know, Marcy Martin. Yeah. Which
0: oh, she would be so cute. But wouldn't she be too young? Well, no, how no, is
1: she no. Ri is, is older. Moon, she's yeah. Too, she's too old for Moon Girl, and I think she she'll be she'd be good for Riri. You know, she's definitely the same age, or could play the age. Yeah. How
0: old is Riri coded? Because I mean, the, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Marcy is right around, yeah, uh, coming up to that age. Yeah, definitely like coming 13 up thirteen to... or fourteen. Yeah. Um, that would be a good one. Um, I was thinking also China McLean. Um, okay. but she's she's on Black Lightning now, but um, and and, and yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know that crossover ever happened, but we've seen DC people come over to the the marvel space so that's nothing new Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure because there's a lot of young black actresses out there that are still on the come up yep uh, um but don't necessarily have the same type of platform or visibility uh, as other people um i mean that was the first person i thought of yeah like china
1: I'd like an unknown, just like I didn't know, I don't know who the little girl who is playing uh, Monica Rambeau, and she was amazing. So, you know, I'd like to see somebody like that, somebody new and fresh and boom.
0: Oh, that's facts. Yeah, somebody a brand new face would be amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's what I always say, and I bring it back to... A bunch of other episodes that we recorded before where I say I want fresh, original faces, faces that we haven't seen before, faces that are out there because Black Hollywood is big, it's expansive. And I know there's people that we don't even know that could fulfill this role and kill as Riri, Riri Williams. But if I had to choose, let me see, let me see. Ch-ch-ch-ch. There's actually an actress that I think would, would really kill in the role. Her name is Tati Gabriel. She plays Prudence on The oh. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I think she's yeah. like 20 years old. But yeah, I, I do think that mm-hmm. she would kill it. So yeah, she, she's really good on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I really enjoy the series. Really enjoy her character. And it's something where I see she has the look... She has a personality and she's young enough where she's still a fresh face, fresh face. <laughs> she's still a fresh face and something that we we're not really accustomed to. And these are the type of actors and actresses that I think would be great in fulfilling those yeah, roles. No, she's
1: fantastic on the show. I love Sabrina as well. And she definitely rocks it. I hope she gets a lot more roles in the future. So anything for her, I'd be down to watch her in it. What do we have up next?
0: Up next comes from Pretty Tifus. They write, <laughs> Having finished Umbrella Academy in full, as originally conceived by Weiwei, and No, by, then, that's
1: by uh, Gerard Wei and... Uh, uh, God, Wei and... Ba, okay. I can't remember the last dude's name. Yeah, yep, yeah.
0: Then completing the series on Netflix, I'm concerned. They made gender and racial changes to the core cast of characters, including Cha-Cha, and while I applaud representation of POC on film, if their cultural identity background as that race isn't explored within the work, does that make that representation gratuitous? For example, Deadly Class deals with the cultural and social uh, mores of each student's background—Japanese, Mexican, etc.—and it rounds the characters, making them more compelling. In other words, what's the value of switching the cast of Umbrella Academy while not presenting the culture or sex that they've switched to? Mm. Okay, so so not exploring, like now that you switched the, you know, say they were white, now they're black, you know, man or female, not if you switched it, they still haven't changed the core understanding of the character is still the same, and they're concerned about that. I get it. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I can tackle this one. So I felt it a little, what's the word, what's the word? It was, it was refreshing. Mm. That's the word. It was refreshing to me to be able to see a lot of diversity and characters of color, different genders, whatever, on screen. And it not really be about race. You had actual plot development, character development, the world around them where, not to say race wasn't an issue, but it wasn't prominent where it had to be a plot line in the story. Now, mm-hmm. listen, I never read the book. So I can't tell you whether or not, you know, that's what it was in the book. But to me, there was just so many things going on. I'm not even sure. I'm sure in certain areas there were little spots here and there where you could have injected it. Um, But other than that, I don't think it affected the story. And I don't think that we really needed that to come along. And I get it. We want to have our stories. We want to have those enriched tales to be told. But I don't think it was really that glaring here. Now, not a lot of opportunity for it came up, except for that crazy-ass family, because listen, <laughs> their family is super messed up, where I feel like you probably would have had to double the series if you wanted to add all the issues that he had. But all in all, I didn't really have a problem with it. I don't um, know.
1: I think it could have been handled in Umbrella Academy in the same amount of episodes that they had, but I don't think that it was necessary. I don't think that every character is, and every human being for that matter, views race or acts on race or lives their life through race in the same way that, you know, each of us does, or that any other person does. Every person views it and lives their life separately. Like, Mary J's character is a black woman cha-cha, right? But she's from the future. She's an assassin who's lived her life for a very long time, who knows how long, killing tons of people. She's not really sitting around, you know, thinking about Black Lives Matter because she's shooting black lives. You know, she's shooting everyone. She's Yeah, I mean, she's an assassin. That's really what she gets down. So it's not like you. I, I also have a problem when people put their own viewpoint onto characters who don't, who don't come from our viewpoint, you know, they're alien to our viewpoint. So, and like Jeff said, as far as the family, there's one woman who is a African American woman, but she's raised in a family of superpowered beings as a celebrity. She then goes on to become an actress. So she has a completely different life where racism can become a factor to her either for the most mm. part. Right. So, you know, it wouldn't be explored. Like, when people meet her, they don't say, oh, look at this black woman. They're like, oh, my God, it's the superstar who I saw in this movie the other night. You know, that's their reaction to her. So, yeah, I don't feel that race needs to always be explored in every character. Like I always say, you can gender, you can race switch any character as long as it's not integral to their history or what makes them that character.
0: but And
2: isn't that what yeah. we're trying yeah. to get to? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're trying to have our stories be told that enrich based on race, creed, religion, all of those factors. These are the stories that we want to be told and we want them to be told without any of that burden. Now, there's certain situations and I won't get into it a lot because I don't want to get into spoilers, but especially when it comes to the matter of time and space where I feel like some of Mm -hmm. those situations could have been exploited. You know what I mean? But I feel like none of those characters, none of the main characters at least, were put in that position where they had to tackle those issues on hand. Now, maybe it was gender- at, at at some point, I could have seen it. I was actually a little surprised it didn't come up. But everybody stuck to the subject matter, and that was what was really in front of them. Now I don't know. I'm not really too sure because I didn't read it once again. But I don't know if the OG Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. was like that, where they tackled it. And I understand if the source material doesn't. No, it's coincide. not.
1: It's not though. No, it's not. I, I, yeah, I've read. the I've read the um first draft, at least the very first draft novel. you yeah, have read that, and it's. It's not in there. Yeah, it's not in there at all. There's only, there's, only seven, there's only 17 issues of Umbrella Academy total in the first place. Yeah.
2: Well, put it like this. If you had the X-Men and they didn't explore race and well, all of like that, five, then it those those would be trash. Where
1: They didn't talk about race at all, so.
0: And those <laughs> movies were trash. And those, and those movies were generally trash, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man, I definitely agree 100%, but I will say it once again, because you always hear me talk about it online or wherever, I recommend The Gifted. If you want an example of how you have characters that are modeled after race relations in America and how it directly affects them, then you need to watch that show. That's the type of show that gives you a visceral reaction to what you see on screen because they hit every note of what it means to be a marginalized character in society. And I think that's to your point point in your question, where you can have that intersectionality and where you can have those hard-hitting thoughts on the characters. But that would be my perfect example of that.
0: All right that's fair. That's fair, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, no, I
1: I fully agree. Like and like we said, that is what we want to get to is when we can just have stories about ourselves, about any, you know, character, anybody that like, okay, like this goes to the thing like with Captain Marvel. I want people to or with Wonder Woman or things like that. I want people to have the same feeling that I felt when I walked out of Black Panther and was like, oh, my God, you know, I want that feeling for everyone. Like I want Shane Chi to do that for the people. I want Captain Marvel to do that for women. I want. But at the same time, I want to go be able to go see a movie and just see a bunch of characters being dope-ass characters and not having that same importance of Black Mar- uh, Black Panther. You know, they just, like, Nick Fury isn't carrying the weight of black right. people on the world in right. Captain Marvel, but I thought he did a great job and he's a dope character.
0: Okay, so not so much an importance of the character, but you're saying it doesn't have to be so strictly centered around their race yes. or gender. yeah, or the our but, lives but
1: aren't centered around our race or gender all, every 24-7.
0: Maybe, and you know what, I, I, I see you guys' point, but mm. also I think it's still important to understand, and, and using that, that very last line you just said, yeah, maybe not in our minds 24-7 we don't think, oh, I'm walking outside and I'm black, but we are.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you're
0: in a society where you can't help but help, but question it and bring it up in whatever, whatever you do.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm one who quotes uh, Baldwin all the time. You know, if you're, uh, to misquote him, if you're, you know, any type of woke, you're always angry. You know, that's just how it is. To, to be relatively awake in this country as a black man is to be an angry black man, pretty much. But at the same time, like, let's go back to Umbrella Academy. Mary J. Blige's character is this assassin. There's really no joy, you know, moment in the series for someone to be like, "Oh man, this black woman's around shooting people, you know? It's like this woman is shooting people or I got shot and I'm dead." You know, there's never really like a chance for people to reflect on that or any or, you know, be like, "Why is the woman with a gun?" I I don't really, you know, I don't think it's really that type of moment in it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't and I don't think those moments always have to be in a story either. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh,
0: the next question comes from Philip Winslow. They write, "Let me know your thoughts on the successor to Black, which is White, where our hero must face a racist president bent on bringing black people with superpowers to a heel." Um, towards that point, I do want to point out that Kwanza, who um, is the creator of the Black series, has actually launched another Kickstarter for White in order to bring that to fruition. I am a backer, full disclosure. Um, he, they're looking to get uh, a $40,000 goal in a month. So they have, they have 26 days left for it. So if you are a fan of black and you want to see what's going on with white, you want to get that help get that project off the ground, definitely hit up Kickstarter. Uh, that said, just to give you guys some background about what white is about, um... Theodore Mann, whose family exploited empowered blacks for centuries, is now president of the United States. Mann's administration has exacted controversial measures to deal with the empowered he has deemed terrorists and is stoking national tensions to win public support for a cybernetically augmented soldier program led by his son, Thaddeus. The main person standing in the way of the president is X, once known as Kareem Jenkins, who has become a symbol of resistance against the Mann administration. Um, X's one-man opposition has thwarted the efforts, both public and privately, in drawing attention away from um, the project, so they can save and power blacks from the government capture. So the rest of the story is going to deal with this back and forth with, with uh, basically it seems like a Trump stand-in, but <laughs> or much worse and, and probably smarter. But to Philip's question, what are your thoughts on on black and, and then this new upcoming white series?
1: I mean, I love the black. I'm just crying, laughing. As much as I love black, I did not. I'm not sure if this ex-character was in the issues I read, but I did not know his name was Kareem Jenkins. That is just, like, (laughs) the blackest name. Like, they really doubled doubled down on that one, you Like, my man's name is Kareem Jenkins. Like, he just, I mean, super black. black. But, yeah, I love the black. I love the concept. I thought it was one of the best concepts. One of the best marketing plans. And then they actually followed up with a really dope comic book. They've had a couple of spin-offs from it that have been really nice. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm down with this. I'm about to go hit up Kickstarter myself and, you know, drop some coins. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Put money where my mouth is.
0: Right. I mean, I've again, I also enjoy the series. I enjoy Kwanzaa's work and all of the people that end up working on the Black Series in general. Um, They're a very inclusive team. And... As I already said, I'm already backing it, so I'm 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 with it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Straight up. Um anything? And
0: there are no other questions.
1: Oh, oh, really?
0: <laughs> Damn. Okay,
1: I guess there are no I mean, other okay, questions. Okay.
0: I mean, listen, there is a question there, but I'm not answering it. It's on y'all if y'all want to answer. I'm sitting that one out. All right, okay, all right, okay.
1: There are no more questions then. So If you do have a question for us, please hit us up, contact at ForAllNerds.com, or you can hit us on the Twitter, at ForAllNerds, on the Instagram, at ForAllNerds. Message us any type of question. It doesn't matter what it's about. We might even ask this wild-ass question next week, you know, so you're going (laughs) to have to tune in to see because, you know, we answer any each and everything on here, just not that one. I will say this.
0: hey. Throw that question in the woods. uh, Sucking of teeth. Did you hear that? I I heard
1: it. I I heard it. Yeah,
0: I don't think we're answering the question.
1: (laughs) uh, Okay, I will say this though: um, the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. And um, (laughs) with that, it's time to move on to one of my favorite segments. Oh, it's been so long. Let me see if I can get this right. Comic Con, word up. And it's been a minute, but I've been reading. I that is one thing I have been doing is reading hella comic books. Um I'm going to say it again, Wicked and Divine is about to come to an end. Oh my lord, like it it's really going to be it, it looks like it's going to be in my top 5 of all time. Like I I just and I've been reading comic books forever and it's so Weird. this is that series for me, you know? Like when people talk about, yo, have you ever read Sandman? Or how uh, I used to be like, yo, have you ever read Planetary? I've never read Sandman, you know, full disclosure there. I've never read it. Rest in peace to Combat Jack. He always told me, yo, it's the illest. And I am like, yeah, whatever. And, <laughs> you know, um, so I never read it. But Wicked and Divine is that joint to me where it's like this is, it's top three. It. I'll I'll even go higher. Uh, but in some other stuff that I have been reading, I want to give a special shout out to this book, New Kid by Jerry Craft. I picked this up at the BAM when they had the Black Comic Books Festival, the Black mm-hmm. Comics Fest mm-hmm. over there. And New Kid, it's a it's in hardback right now. It's I, I guess you would call this a graphic novel, but it's basically about this kid, a, a young black kid, who has to go to a new school where he comes from, like, the lower-income neighborhood, not, like, you know, super broke, but definitely not super paid, and he has to travel to a school full of rich kids. And that's it. You know, it's not like superpowers or anything. It's just a really dope graphic novel story book about this kid and his first year at this new school. And it's called New Kid. It's written and illustrated by Jerry Craft. I highly recommend it to anyone you know, especially if you want to look for a comic that's not about superheroes, that's something you can give to a child or to a mm-hmm. young adult, something like that. It's so dope. Like, I'm so glad I bought this book. We got to have Jerry on the show ASAP. I'm going to hit him up so we can get him on here. Awesome. Really, yeah, really great book, you know, just highly recommend it. And also, I picked up The Trade of the New World by Kot, friend of the show. And Word. And Trad Moore, I've talked about this book before, but the trade from Image Comics is out now. Hands down, like, the artwork by Trad Moore makes it worth your buy all by itself. Like, I showed this to Mello Marketer when I was out in Cali and bought it, and he was like, yo, I've never seen art like that. Like, Trad Moore really? is Trad Moore is a goddamn monster, dog. Like, <laughs> like this man is on, I told that he did that book, um, The Strange Tales of Luther Strode. I've talked about him a lot on here before. Because his art is just so silly. Like, it's just for action, for kinetic, he's one of the best in the business. Like, and then he just has a really nice line work. It's trying kind to, of like, cartoon kind of anime type stuff, but just really ill. It, when he does action, it's like watching The Matrix, but it's like still, you know, but you still get that feeling of the movement. And then Alice Cott's a great, you know, author, great writer, one of Friends of the Show, like I said. The New World is about it's kinda like a Romeo and Juliet story. I've talked about this before, between this uh black woman who's a cop and this hacker dude who they meet and fall in love, and it's what happens after that. It's only four issues. But like I say, it's okay. just the art alone is so worth it. By the trade, New World, Alice Cott and Tradmore just just go get that joint. I'm telling you. Because yo. you said it. Because yeah. you said it. I 100% believe you. Yeah. The art so it's so stupid. Just stupid. Trad is just a, such a beast. Whew. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you been reading anything while I've been gone?
2: Yeah, man. So as you know, I've been reading. I'm a Spider-stan, as everybody knows. And I've been reading a lot of the Spider-Books, in particular, Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, Um Craven is about to show up. They're about to start the Hunter series where Craven's going to go on yet another hunt. And it looks like he's going bigger, faster, stronger in this one. Um, You know, I've enjoyed the run so far. A lot of other books. Uh, I will say the Fantastic Four has been amazing so far. That's been really dope. And yeah, that's been pretty much it as far as it goes. I've read a lot of stuff. Oh, you know what? I am reading the book by uh, Mm. Naomi. That's Naomi from Brian Michael Bendis. It's basically the story of this black girl who gets adopted into this family, and they're in a small town in the D.C. Earth where stuff really doesn't happen until one day stuff does happen. Superman comes through. He's fighting somebody. They trash the town, and it's news because that type of stuff never happens in the town. The only problem is there's no recorded evidence of, of... any activity, there's no writing going on, and, you know, Naomi's trying to figure out why. The premise of it, and they said it's in the tagline, Mm -hmm. that she has the secrets of the DC universe. She's unraveling the secret of the DC universe. So, she's at the center, and this town is at the center of something that's, like, a conspiracy theory. So, she's trying to figure it out. So, it's part adventure, part mystery, and I will say, man, it looks like Bendis got another one because this is a brand new, bold, fresh character. And yeah, I'm enjoying Yeah, thank you it.
1: for reminding me about that joint because Brian Michael Bendis, you know, created Miles Morales, uh, created Riri Williams. So this Naomi book is something I was looking forward to and I forgot. I didn't even know there's already two issues in. So I definitely got picked that up. I do want to say I read the first trade also of the Nick Spencer, Ryan Atlee, Spider-Man series. And nah bro this ain't it chief I-, I wasn't that impressed jeff like i love ryan outley you know from invincible he's amazing i think it's solid but it's nothing that i haven't seen before and that was my problem with it i just thought it was like okay it's a spider-man story you know it's cool but like after you know into the spider-verse and after um the spider-man ps4 game you got to really step it up with your spider with your spider-man stories right now for me that's you know i, I need more yeah
2: yeah man, I hear you and I know you're already like so so yeah. on his stuff. But I'm really enjoying the book so far. I'm watching him as he's building. He's building towards something and his book has been a slow burn thus far as he's building the world. You could mm-hmm. see him trying to get his footing and finding his way. He's getting his he's going his way through and one thing I can appreciate about his character is this is a real-life Spider-Man, real-life problems. Like, he's dealing with apartments for the first time where he hasn't had to deal with apartment trouble before. Yep. And it just makes it cool. And the one thing that I can see is that they're letting him operate outside of the rest of the books that have been happening. Because, for example, Peter Parker's Spider-Man, he's... That's the book that was affected by yep. Spider-Getting... And all the other Marvel mm-hmm. events, while Amazing has been in its own world. It's going on and he and it's allowing him to tell his story and tell his story in the way that he wants to tell it. And I think that's been pretty important as it's the flagship book in the um for the amazing. It's the flagship book for the Spider-Man series. So that's a pretty important. And there's actually other great. Spider stories out there If Amazing isn't your cup of tea In fact, Chip Sadarsky Who was on Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man and really shouldn't have left Because he's one of the people Who I think captured the essence Of Spider-Man's humor Both good and bad Unlike anyone I've ever seen So he's writing a book Spider-Man life story that's supposed to capture Spider-Man through every era As if He Mm. never aged So you're getting him in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, in the modern era, and he's literally growing up and getting older with it. So that's going to be dope to see.
1: As always, make sure you use that hashtag, Comics I Copped.
0: Oh, I don't have a Comics I Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> damn, things, things have changed now. I, I've been gone too long. Okay, so what you got, Tatiana? You know. No, I mess with you. you no, know, usually I'm quiet around this part because I'm usually trying to stack up my reading materials based on your recommendations, Ben. But uh, did something that you did recommend to me that I didn't get to talk about or mention is Powers of a Girl. mm um, I don't have it yet. I'm waiting for it to be delivered. Thank you, Amazon. But um, that book. uh, Lord of
1: Mercy. She's like the
0: most phenomenal. Okay. (laughs) How do I explain it? So it basically, does it cover every female Marvel It it covers
1: 65 Marvel women. It's a lot of them. Not
0: every last one. Not every last one, but most of them.
1: Yeah, it's a lot
0: some major ones some 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 major ones that you you you've known forever and some minor ones that you probably didn't know existed but it covers them from head to toe like it basically gives you the full understanding the full rundown the full history of each of these um women characters it gives you some amazing illustrations of it um, it's a hard it's a hardcover book so it's like it's really substantial real hearty and it's just i mean i i got to read a few excerpts uh, and actually see through the book and it's just beautiful so um i again it's called powers of a girl you can pick it up now wherever books are sold. Like I said, I got mine on Amazon. Definitely pick that up.
1: Yeah, it's uh Powers of a Girl. It's written by Lorraine Lorraine Sink with mm-hmm. illustrations by Alex. I mean Alice Alice Zang. And the like Tatiana said, the illustrations are incredible. And then the writing by Lorraine, you think, you know, okay, my it could, you know, there's like books like this before, like Marvel Universe, where they just list a character, their bio, their history, their powers. But she does it with Verve and with like sass and with this great just kind of, you know, winking at you while she's writing. And it's funny as hell. It's so dope. Like, I got this book and I, I was like, oh, I was thinking about giving it away to somebody. And I was like, oh, no, you know, y'all got to no. get, <laughs> get your own.
0: Keep that. Keep that.
1: Yeah. And we're going to have Lorraine on the show very soon. I'm so excited. Please go get this book, Powers of a Girl. It's from Marvel. It's just one of the dopest books you'll get this year. Give it to a young woman. Anyone who's hype about Captain Marvel, give them this book. You will make their year. It's Shit,
0: give them to all comic book fans, word, period.
1: Word, period. Any, like, I'm a grown-ass pe- man, and I'm all over this <laughs>
0: Even people who are not really necessarily aware of the history of comics and everything behind it, like this, can also be an entry point for a lot of people. Oh my god! I know, like our show, for instance, has been an entry point for a lot of people into the world of comics and the world of superheroes and all that other stuff. This can also be that. Like, like it is just just a beautiful book, and it's really worth it. It's it's really worth everybody's time. So please pick it up.
1: Yes, Powers of a Girl, written by Lorraine Sink, illustrated by Alice. Zhang just, ooh, the, the art is so beautiful, y'all. The mm-hmm. Dora Milaje got yeah, their own little chapter. My, Shuri got their, their own chapter. Like
0: That's one of my favorites. Yeah,
1: Squirrel Girl. I mean, Miss Marvel it goes on and on, y'all. This joint is fire, yo. It's one, uh, one of the best books out this year. I promise you that. All right. Anything else before we get out of here this week?
0: Um, I do want to mention from a movie oh, standpoint. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, but before we get to that other stuff, I forgot sh- once again, shout out <laughs> to Marsai Martin. We mentioned her earlier in the show. <laughs> shout out to her because her film little comes out April 12th, another right around the corner item. So her, her film little comes out April 12th. Game of Thrones comes out April 14th. So that's going to be the most litest week. Ooh. I'm telling you.
1: Okay. Speaking of lit or not uh, so lit, uh, depending on your perspective,
0: uh, yeah, this. um,
1: Will Smith has been cast to play Serena and Venus Williams daddy. Uh,
0: okay. Um here's the thing. Smith Will Will Smith <laughs> is also producing it. <laughs> so mm. I don't know. I mean that clearly oh, has something oh, to do with oh, it.
1: I didn't know that part. That's <laughs> that that's interesting. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Ooh,
1: so, oh, that, that might be a mistake, folks. That that. Oh, this 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 feels, right. this feels like well, he, he stepped into his own landmine.
0: Well, the reason why Ben, I mean, is making this illusion is because for some people it may be like, okay, so what? The issue at hand that people have been bringing up all over the interwebs is the fact that um, S- uh, Serena and Venus's daddy, Richard, um, he is, and it's actually in the is bi- a biopic called King Richard. But Richard is clearly a dark-skinned man um, that looks nothing like Will and Of course, you as an actor don't have to look exactly like the character you're portraying, but people are calling this uh, another situation with colorism, um, which I totally see.
1: Yeah. um, One, look, I love Will Smith. You know, he's had many a fantastic role, but... I also do not think that Will Smith has as of yet really proven himself where it's like you can do this and then be like, okay, it's all right that you're that much light, more light than this dude because you're super much more light than the dude. And then, you know, pursuit of happiness, you know, crying, why don't he love me? You know, it's that <laughs> like that, that's bit about it, dog. You know, playing Serena and Venus' is gonna take a lot. Now, if you're going to step up to the challenge and really put your teeth into it, we gonna see, but you are also well, super lighter than this dude. Like,
0: well, see, this is interesting that you say that you don't think you're basically saying, well, you don't think Will Smith has the range, which is this is. his am not that saying that I, Ali and a few other people. It uh-oh. sounds like you said he don't have the range, yeah. but I must say I'm not saying that Playing he did the Ali best. Is
1: different than, yeah.
0: but <laughs> I'm not saying he did the best, but I didn't see a problem. Tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, it sounds like you're Tell saying. The it sounds like you're saying like, that you don't think he has the range. Tell the truth. F- I, I don't know. I don't know. This, the, is, first, it's, it's, you know melanotic range. range. Wow. <laughs> I. You know, what? for me, when we're talking about this from a colorism Melanonic. standpoint, when we talk about this from a colorism standpoint, it's not because, to me, it's not because oh, because he's because just on, on a surface about oh, he's lighter than the guy. Yeah. No, it's about that. When you were talking about the representation of dark-skinned mm-hmm. men, just like the representation of dark-skinned black women on screen, uh, it's kind of far and few in between. I, I, I feel uh, men Durstin, have
1: dark-skinned black men probably get more love mm-hmm. than dark-skinned black women. Though. I was gonna make yeah. that same, yeah. next
0: point. Yep. You do see a lot of more dark-skinned black men. You, I mean, you see that all over the thing. You, you have. Um, I, I, was, I say Angela's husband. You got Angela's husband. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: tracks
1: look it's truth <laughs> oh,
0: okay. you got all these husbands you got people like Idris. well yeah so you do have their representation there but it's also what you know what kind of roles are they getting and then the same, like i said when it comes to black women they have even few, less Ooh. i think the other part of this whole colorism situation is that That skin tone is definitely and this is interesting because it's related kind of related to what we were talking about earlier about race and 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 the characterization. That mattered in this whole process of of braising Serena and Venus. Mm -hmm. That's why Serena and Venus are, you know, or or half of the reason why Serena and Venus are the hue that they are. Mm -hmm. That and everything that they've gone through when they were growing up in Compton and and learning the 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 craft of tennis and the fact that their father didn't even have a tennis background, didn't know ish about tennis, but yet was able to rear them to be particularly in Serena's case, the greatest athlete of all time. Mm. So mm. I, I think that it, it is important that they, you know, perhaps, you know, look at the pool, the casting pool a little <laughs> bit deeper.
1: A little dark. Uh, Going to darker know, end, stay away from I mean, the shallow.
0: And I'm, is oh, Chadwick Boseman not to available? No, <laughs> no No, Ch- Ch- Chadwick cannot keep playing everybody. Just like <laughs> 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 he just cannot. Just like I understood, I understood the backlash with Chadwick when he did um Thurgood, because Thurgood's Thurgood a light, was a light skinned black man, so his light skin and there is light-skinned privilege. And mm-hmm. and and there and while that's not the NLB or to how Thurgood got to the way, to the place he he ended up at. That did that was a factor, and you just yes. and there, you cannot deny that. So to me, there's factors that come along with Hugh that you can, that cannot be denied. So it's interesting that now this guy, who in some people's eyes is light skin, some light brown, whatever you want to call him, is now trying to portray this guy. I, I at the end of the day, I will say that I'm not mad. Like I'm not gonna boycott the damn thing. Like I, I, I don't know. I just don't have as much. I don't have as much smoke or energy for this, but I will speak up and say that I can definitely see how this is portrayed as colorism.
1: Mm. No, I, I got a lot of smoke for it, too, especially after you brought up those points.
0: Oh, you do have smoke. I oh. don't have as much smoke. You do. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I definitely have some smoke for it because the points you said, like, and let's go even further. When you said that Serena Williams and Venus face issues because of their tone of their skin growing up to this day, you know, to this day. Like, does she, say. yeah, has she, has she caught it? Have they both caught it? You know, they would not be hated the way they're hated in the tennis world for stomping out people if they weren't the beautiful dark skinned black women they are. You know, because if they were light skinned people would accept them a lot easier. But because they're these fierce black women who remind people of the strength of Africa and everything that comes with it, then, you know, oh, oh my God, every time they do anything. So, yeah, I, I, I man, and the fact that he's producing it that really is, you know, that's kind of... that. It's like you're doubling down on your problematic because you yeah. are, you're the one who's putting the money behind it. You're doing this. You are producing it. Everything that goes on in the film is because of you, and you're like, let me cast myself. I get it. Maybe you wanted to tell this story, but then tell it right, Will. You know? right. And if you feel like you can handle it, then handle it. You know I'm a fan of the Smith family, so, you know, yeah. do it right. But... <laughs>
0: Let me just add on one last example of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about representation and colors and all this stuff. And this, and this is also still in the tennis world. Uh, my one of fan favorites and also my favorite, Naomi Osaka. Mm. She's black and Japanese. She has, I guess you could call her medium complexion, medium to light complexion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, there was uh, a Nissan, which is, which is like a, the, you know Oodles and Noodles and stuff. Um, there was a Nissan Japanese commercial that was created like a few months back. Um, where it was all anime style, and the way that they drew her, they completely took out pretty much all references of her mm. being black or as 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 other people would say ethnic. Mm-hmm. She looked like a white woman.
1: Wow, and Will Smith so, could play her dad no problem. Like that, you know, <laughs> what I mean, they they about that. Com-
2: nah, her dad is the same complexion as. Um, as uh, a
1: oh wow okay well yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah no know.
0: he's 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 dark skinned well so. I'm saying will
1: Will's about her complexion what I'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah he's not Richard and wow but I, we we talk about this on the show all the time and I talk and I tell y'all when I've been in Africa you know I've been in Ethiopia and I'm sitting there on turning on the TV and you'll watch commercials that come from the Arab nations and they feature Bollywood actresses or Arab actresses and they're all light you know skin lighting commercials coming from major brands like dove and stuff like that and so the idea of whiteness being sold to people it goes around the world you know it's a universal thing and so of course they're going to lighten her skin in these commercials because especially when you get to asian culture they don't oh you know that's a whole nother issue but you know they want to be as light as possible but that's it's a worldwide thing where white supremacy affects everyone and You know, that's the problem. And that is why I do have a lot of smoke for this, because this is how you battle this. You have a black man, a darker skin black man play this role and then boom, he shines. Other dark skin people shine because of that. You know, when when any dark skin person, you know, gets shine and role, you see more of them. Lupita shines. We start to see more. It's a slow process. But that's how you battle it is by making these roles available to everyone. And so, yeah, I do have a bit of a problem with this one. Got you, man. All right. Oh, man. I guess Steven Spielberg, you know, arguing over Netflix is small potatoes in our world. So oh. <laughs> You keep doing that, old man. Netflix don't keep winning. And <laughs> you had some hits back. B-T-L's he had some hits back in, in the day, but you can't say nothing after you made Ready Player One. Oh,
0: l- listen, <laughs> I, and I I just want to say...
1: Please don't defend it.
0: No, no, no. I just want to say there's people who say that, you know, well, it's not like he's some Yahoo who's just on the street saying whatever. He's this guy who has all this background Mm -hmm. and all this experience. Yes, he is, And he's still wrong.
1: Yeah. Close encounter. I I mean...
2: I mean, he's also threatened by technology. Like, come out the caves, caveman. Don't be scared. Stop painting on the walls. Uh, We have iPads uh, uh, now. Damn,
0: damn Jeff. Steven is never coming on this show.
1: Yeah, and I won't slander slander that man like that. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of the greatest shows.
2: Yeah, because when all the ethnic people of color movies come out and crush all the shit he puts out, that's when he wants to limit it to theatrical releases, right? Yeah, I'm woke. He needs to get all this smoke. Matter of fact, (laughs) inhale it. (laughs) Take that I to the that's bank. A good <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 inhale. We hey, 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 hey. are